What's up, sons and daughters? This is Sam Jesse, and I am back with Robert Irby. We're going just the two of us tonight. Hey, that's all right. That's all right. That's all right. Just the two of us is plenty enough. Uh, we will be covering college basketball for the first time. We will do some more college basketball in the coming weeks as the season winds down and we get closer and closer to March Madness. But tonight we are going to cover some college basketball, future bets, and just some games for the weekend. Uh, lines are twenty lines on DraftKings are twenty four hours before tip off, so we do have some lines for uh, some Saturday games. But hey, really exciting stuff here for college basketball because I think this season, maybe more than any other season in the past, the race for the national title is very open. Speaking of race, Robert, a little race down in Florida is happening. Do you want to tell the people about that? Oh, yes. The Daytona 500, the Super Bowl of NASCAR. I may be alone on the in the locks of Saturday crew. Maybe that's why the other four were scared off of tonight's podcast is I am a huge NASCAR fan. I used to work for a NASCAR team. Like I love NASCAR and this is the biggest race of the year. And I am so excited. And now, Sam, are are we betting? Are we going to break this down right now? Are we starting with the Daytona 500? No, let's start with the Daytona 500. Okay. Let's wave the okay. green flag. Boogity, boogity, boogity. Let's get this show on the road. Robert, let me set the, the Daytona 500. Before I do that, okay. let me set the scene here. I've got now again. NASCAR is just an iconic sport with some iconic characters. Um, so I'm going to start this off with some of my favorite quotes from NASCAR drivers that I've ever heard in my life. Start here. I'm going to start with Rusty Wallace. And one time after a race, he said, I feel like I got a pile of cattle chasing my ass and I'm pedaling as hard as I can to stay in front of them. I'm looking behind me, driving like hell. Also, we have Dale Earnhardt Jr. One time said, years ago, you used to get out and fight and run around and chase each other with a jackhammer and stuff like that. Those were the good old days. We also have Alan Colwicky with the iconic quote when asked about the differences between night racing and daytime racing. He said, it's basically the same, just darker. You know, that one hits home uh, being from Richmond, the iconic night races in Richmond. Um, I assume that would actually make a night race that, that has to make a much bigger difference than that, though. It actually does because there's no sun shining on the track. So the track is cooler. Um, that affects how they're able to drive on it. So Alan, you made it maybe a little simplistic there. And last but not least, I'm going to share a few quotes from the greatest of all time, Dale Earnhardt Sr. He said one time, two of my favorite things are my steering wheel and my Remington rifle. Another time he said, I got in the ambulance and looked back over there and I said, man, the wheels ain't knocked off that car yet. Get out. I got to go. And last but not least, the only thing I think about is winning races and the championship. It's like hunting and fishing. You want to catch the most fish or shoot the most ducks with the least shells. You don't want to be standing there with a whole pile of shells on the ground and one duck. So, Sam, let's get some ducks. All I have to say is, you know, three's up for Dale. Three's up. RIP. Dale ain't dead. He's a lap ahead. You know, like I said, with being from Richmond, obviously the hometown Richmond guy is Denny Hamlin and Denny Hamlin owns the entire city of Daytona, Florida, three Daytona 500 wins. Um, he's spectacular on this track and he is the leader of the pack in terms of odds at plus eight fifty. Um, that is also 17 to two odds, depending on where you're looking. So Denny Hamlin, the favorite, and anytime you can get a favorite at plus 850, that feels really good. But is it too good to be true? We'll have to see. If I'm rooting for anybody, I'm going to root for Denny Hamlin. Um, And plus 850, throw a couple bucks on that, and he's proven that he really likes running at this track. I don't know a ton about NASCAR, but I got to go with the hometown guy, Denny Hamlin. See, and that's that's a good pick because this is kind of the one sport where even if you go chalk, you're still getting really good odds, like plus 850 for the favorite. Like 
for one race, that is phenomenal odds. You know, that's the kind of thing you would find with like college football championship odds. Um, just some other guys I like here. I like Kyle Larson, 10 to one. He's the defending NASCAR cup champion. He is without a doubt, the best driver, um, in the cup series right now. And he's at 10 to one. Um, I also really like Martin Truex jr. At 20 to one. He's a really great driver drives for Joe Gibbs racing. Um, his odds, he is, you know, like 12th in odds right now, which doesn't make any sense because he has been one of the consistently probably top three best drivers in the series for the last five years now. And then lastly, I really like Harrison Burton, 75 to one. He is driving the iconic Wood Brothers number 21. Um, This is his first year behind the wheel of that car that has seen numerous great drivers such as Kyle Petty, Dale Jarrett, Michael Waltrip, uh, Bill Elliott. A lot of great drivers have driven that car and he is the son of a NASCAR legend in Jeff Burton. Um, So that's some really, really good value there at 75 to one. I think my official pick, I'm going to go back to Truex. I'm going to go Martin Truex Jr., 20 to 1, driving the 19 for Bass Pro. Yeah, boogity boogity. Bass Pro. Um, who used to have the M&M car? Or who still Kyle does? Bush. Kyle, Kyle Bush. Bush. Okay. And he still does. Kyle Bush's how, odds are at 15 to 1. How do Kyle and Kurt not just both have Bush Light as their sponsor? Right. Now that is a really ironic piece here is that the Bush light car is driven by Kevin Harvick, who doesn't even drive on the same team as either of the Bush brothers. Hmm. Uh, So that's a really interesting caveat here, but you do bring up an interesting point with Kyle Bush because Kyle Bush has had one of the most accomplished careers that a NASCAR driver has ever had. Some would consider him to be maybe even a top 10 driver of all time. Um, but the one thing he's missing, and he's won multiple cup championships, every big race, he has never won a Daytona 500. This is kind of, it's kind of like with Aaron Donald, how Aaron Donald won the Super Bowl to kind of complete his infinity gauntlet of NFL achievements. Kyle Busch is looking to do the same thing um, with the Daytona 500. So he will certainly be motivated and he's a 15 to one. Sounds good. And all of these ads you can find on DraftKings Sportsbooks. Uh, you will be able to find it probably tomorrow on DraftKings after they finish all the qualifying tonight as well. All of the future bets for college basketball that we're going over will also be on DraftKings. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use promo code SOS. That's promo code SOS at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56. Must be 21 or older, Virginia only, new customers only, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call the Virginia Problem Gambling Helpline at 888-532-3500. All right, Robert, let's get into some college basketball futures. Where should we start? Do you want to start with conference championships and then go to final four, then national title? Does that make sense? That does. That does. We'll go in chronological. Exactly. All right, so right now on DraftKings Sportsbooks, they have conference champion odds for the Atlantic Coast Conference, the Atlantic 10, the Big 10, the Big 12, the Big East, the Pac-12, and the SEC. Where would you like to start, Robert? Wherever your heart desires. Honestly, as I'm scrolling up and down these, these odds, they all seem just so chalky to me. I'd agree. Um, the fact that the fact that you would have each favorite with significant with like minus odds and pretty big minus odds at that at that end like the fact that Arizona is minus 2500 to win the Pac12 that's where i want to start and i get it Arizona has been a very very good basketball team this year they are some may argue that they are the best team in the country they're well coached um they're second in the country in um They're the second favorite in national championship winner. However, minus 2,500 is crazy, crazy low odds. So I would not touch that bet with a 10-foot pole. What I do like is UCLA plus 1,500. Agreed. UCLA, I mean, they were a Final Four team last year. They were number two in the preseason. They're well coached. Mick Cronin, they have good guard play. 
they maybe haven't quite lived up to the hype that they were given coming into the season, but 15 to one odds. That is yeah. so, so good. And you know, they dealt with some injury issues at the beginning of the year, which is why I think they've had to kind of claw their way back into the national picture, but a Mick Cronin coach team in a tournament setting, I really like that. And especially the the experience of this UCLA team. They've been there before. They've done this in the tournament run. And that's so important. I, I agree with you on UCLA there, plus 1,500. It's great value for such an experienced team. You usually don't get that, um, that kind of value on the experienced team. So I like UCLA out of the Pac-12 as well. Moving a little bit further East, let's do, uh, you know what? Let's do the Southeastern Conference while we're at it. Auburn, mm. Auburn and Gonzaga, 1A, 1B, kind of throughout most of the season. Auburn at minus 1,000 for the SEC title, an SEC that has been uber competitive over the past few years. I am really shocked at these odds right now because the second best odds to win the SEC is Tennessee at plus 600. Following them, you have Kentucky at plus 1,200, and then Arkansas at plus 4,000, and then Alabama and LSU are both at plus 40,000. For me, it's an easy value bet here on Kentucky. Really easy value bet. Kentucky might be the best team in the country. Oh, yeah. They're number three in the net right now. Number three. And and you're going to give John Calipari 12 to 1 odds? In the yeah, conference, he has dominated. Yeah, and I, no I, I really, I understand a bit. I think Arkansas at plus four thousand, their team that can get hot. I, I understand that one a bit. They do have the win against Auburn already this year, but that was at home against Auburn. Auburn are the favorite. They're probably the best team. But Walker Kessler's doing for them is absurd. I mean, UNC yeah. has to feel ridiculous letting that guy walk out the door. But yeah, and Jabari Smith. Jabari Smith might be the number one overall pick in the draft. They've that's got some studs, that's for sure. But. That's true. But, I mean, Kentucky at plus 1,200 is, uh, I mean, put money on, that is a that is a solid, solid investment right there. Yeah, that line feels pretty, pretty much like a reaction to uh, Kentucky kind of getting housed uh, at Tennessee the other day. But Tennessee's a really hard place to play. They're undefeated at home. Like, uh, that feels more like a one-off for Kentucky, especially since they were missing Ty Ty Washington for the entire second half. Like Kentucky's a very good basketball team. Yeah, and Kentucky's starting five, I think, is maybe the best in the country. The issue with Kentucky is they're not as deep as they usually are. That can mm-hmm. kind of scare you come tournament time. One rolled ankle here or there, and that can really derail your March Madness plans. But um, I again, I still like Kentucky plus twelve hundred. It's not really worth your time to bet Auburn, quite frankly, and Tennessee. I don't know if the odds of Tennessee winning that and then the value of plus 600 really match up well enough, but we'll see how these odds change um, after this weekend, a big weekend of college basketball that we will get into. Uh, Let's keep it on the East coast. How about the big East conference? A surprisingly top heavy conference this year with Villanova and Providence. They played a classic a couple nights ago. Uh, with the Wildcats coming out on top. Villanova, the favorites in the Big East at minus 200. Yeah, I I want to start with Providence um, because it kind of clearly, like if you look at these odds and you've got Villanova minus 200, Providence plus 130, then the next team being UConn plus 15,000, it's pretty clear uh, the odds makers here see this as a two-horse race. Um, but Providence, they have a great, great record but the computers do not like Providence at all. Um, they're number 30 in the net right now, which considering that they are 21 and three, uh, that's pretty significant. I think Ken Palm has, has them at like 45 or something like that. This is Providence. They're, they're ranked in the top 10 right now in the AP poll. Like, um, um, it's surprising. It is. It is. And that, you know, I mean, maybe these computer rankings aren't the end all be all, but that does tell me something. And that tells me that if, if you're looking for good value here, plus 130 in Providence is certainly not it. Um, yeah. No, it's, it's not. This is probably, I think, the toughest conference to pick because I would agree. 
just history tells me UConn has a tendency to do these things in March. Um, and they're, they're a very good team as well. A team that the Hokies are familiar with, Xavier, is at plus 50,000. Xavier is yep. a team, contrary to Providence, that the computers really like this year. They have floated around top 20 in net the entire season. Uh, the yep. Musketeers are a good team. I was going to bring Xavier up because I feel like they are a team that has battled injuries all year. Um, and if they can come into that conference tournament healthy, I, th- I think I still like Villanova, but plus 50,000, that is remarkable odds. Um, that's another one where I might drive up to Virginia just to place that. Yeah, and it's a lot. And when you have a team that kind of plays gritty defense like that, they have a tendency to do a bit better in those conference tournaments than people think. So that that could be a a good value to throw something down on. We'll see how they finish out this season. I'm pulling up the net rankings now. Uh, Xavier is at 23rd in, in the most recent net rankings above them in the Big East. Of course, Villanova at fifth in the country, but uh, UConn at ninth, at 18th, excuse me, for the UConn Huskies. So the Big East being favored a lot by the computers, but yeah, kind of shocking. Providence is uh, down there at 30th in the country. We'll talk about the net a little bit more with the ACC, but let's uh let's keep it up in the north big 10. Uh mm. this is an interesting one because at points in this season I've thought Purdue was a clear national title team. They have had a tendency to not look great at points. We're almost upset by Maryland a couple nights ago. The Boilermakers are at minus 250 for the Big 10 title. Um it, it this is a I think this is a three or four team race, but I, I could see Izzo in March having Michigan State go on a bit of a run. Michigan State's at plus 10,000 right now. Um, it's certainly not favored to do much, but for me, that's a good value, especially when it comes to tournament time, throwing something on a Mike Izzo team if they're you know in the semifinals and they're the underdog or something. Just feels good. I think they have overachieved the Spartans this year. Yeah, that is an interesting point um, because that is a really, really good value. Just, just given the coach um, in Izzo and what he can do when it's March. I mean, he is a Mister March sometimes, but you know, Michigan State has struggled here recently. They've lost three out of their last four. Um, you know, so that's probably driven this line up quite a bit. I don't know if I'm bold enough to to jump on that. Um, I really like Illinois. I think if you're just looking for the best value, plus 700 isn't crazy. That's not going to make you a millionaire by any means, but um, I really like what Illinois has brought to the table. I mean, having Kofi Coburn out there, it's just a beast. Um, they brought a lot back from that team last year that, granted, uh, ran into a a nice little upset that ruined my bracket. Um, but they were a good team nonetheless, and they were a one seed for a reason. Um, and minus losing Ayu to Samu, they they brought pretty much the whole team back, and they've had it up and down, but they've come on as of late. Really like Illinois there. Also like Wisconsin, one of the best defensive teams in the country. Wisconsin's always just hanging around in the Big Ten. Um, so I think Wisconsin at plus 300 or Illinois plus 700, I think if you're looking for realistic value, I think, both of those teams are good bets. In my mind, it's hard to go past Purdue. Um, mm-hmm. If I'm well, at the end of this, we'll kind of go by and just pick our champion. But um, it, it's it, it's hard for me to look past Purdue in the Big Ten. To be quite honest with you, uh, let's let's go down to the Big Twelve. The Big Twelve. I, I think this is kind of a shocking line, somewhat like the SEC. Kansas minus 700. They have been a really good team, but they have shown flaws this year. Baylor, the reigning national ti- reigning national champions at plus 750, and the Texas Tech Red Raiders at plus 800. I know where I'm going for the value. Where are you going for the value, Robert? Man, shout out to the state of Texas. Look at these, these four schools, <laughs> Baylor, Texas Tech, Texas, TCU, four of the five best teams in the Big 12. I love it. I love it. Uh, I don't think the value is in TCU plus twenty thousand. Look, I'm nope. sorry. Like they've had a, they've happen. had 
they've had a good year, but is TCU. That's just not what they do. Um, I always want to gravitate towards Texas. I don't know why I always do. Like I picked them to make the final four last year. As y'all can imagine, my bracket was terrible. Uh, yeah, that doesn't year, sound like I a had, good idea. Don't do that this year. <laughs> I, had, that. I had Illinois and Texas in the final four. Didn't work out. Yeah. Um, yeah. And they do have arguably the best coach in the country and Chris Beard. However, it's Texas basketball. They just always find a way to let me down. They crumble so, like Cheez-Its. They really do. And it doesn't matter who's their coach. It's just going to happen. Like Rick Barnes, Shaka Smart, now Chris Beard. Like those are three great coaches and they have managed to do absolutely nothing with them. Um, I think I really like Baylor and Texas Tech plus 750, plus 800, similar value. Um, I think between those two, I think just going with the, uh, you know, defending national champions in Baylor, Scott Drew, if Chris Beard's not the best coach in the country, Scott Drew is. And, you know, they're an experienced team. They lost some from last year, but the guys that are there have won it on, have won a national championship and they know what to do come March. So I think that's a good value. Of all of the high value teams that we're talking about right now, Texas Tech at plus 800 feels the most likely to win it. I think that team at some, they, they have battled injuries. So they have shorthanded done really well in a competitive big 12 conference. I, I really like Texas tech in a one game scenario against Kansas. I think they can rough up Kansas enough uh, to win that one. I think they'll finish the season strong and have a pretty good seed heading into that tournament. I, I love that Texas tech team. If you have the chance if you didn't see it live, go watch the replay on uh, ESPN Plus or watch ESPN of the Texas Tech-Texas game from this year. I think that might be the most hostile college basketball environment of all time, with uh, that specific game. That was yep. insanity. And I'll tell you what, at plus 800, I really like that team. Uh, Baylor, they're dealing with some injuries. I, I don't like plus 750. And of course, minus 700. Uh, you're not, it's, it's not worth the risk at that point. No. And I don't even think, you know, you're looking at Kansas. I don't even know. This isn't one of Bill Self's best teams. Mm, It's a good team. It's a good Kansas team, but he has had some better teams than this one. I think the name Kansas is helping them a whole lot in the rankings. Um, And the fact that the big 12 has largely cannibalized itself, right? Like these Texas teams are all just beating each other and, it seems like Kansas is kind of the default one to jump out of the pack, but that just might not be true. Yeah. And you know, they're let's, I mean, let's be real. Kansas is a really good team. Um, looking at their net, they have their eight and three in quad one games. They're just certainly a, a well-deserving team to be favorites, but um, I, the star power isn't at the level that, you know, we've seen with some of those Kansas teams of the past. So um, yeah, not completely sold on the Jayhawks. Let's talk ACC. I think these are pretty interesting lines. The favorite, pretty obviously, at Duke, they're at minus 400. And then after that, it is kind of just a quagmire of teams. We have Notre Dame at plus 350, Miami at plus 800, North Carolina at plus 6,000, along with Virginia at plus 6,000. And then at plus 10,000, Wake Forest, and then a trio of teams at plus 50,000, the Florida State Seminoles, the Syracuse Orange, and the Virginia Tech Hokies. At this point, I am trying to take off the orange maroon glasses, as we always try to do uh, on this podcast. How in the heck does Virginia Tech have the same odds as Florida State and Syracuse? Two teams that they beat, and these are teams going in complete polar opposite directions. Yeah, I I frankly don't get that because Virginia Tech has beat both of those teams uh, in the last two weeks. So, yeah, that doesn't make any sense. Heck, they've beat Virginia, who is plus 6,000, and Virginia Tech's plus 50,000. And again, trying my hardest to take off those orange and maroon glasses, but if you look at pure value on this list, the value's on the Hokies. It really is. Um, You know, I mean, you look at these other teams – Notre Dame plus 350. I would not touch that. No, I, think I, I a, haven't been impressed with Notre Dame all year, to be quite honest. No, they've had a like they've had a good year from a record standpoint, but they're kind of the best of the worst, if that makes sense. 
Yep. Um, same with Miami. Like Miami's got some players. I I do, I do like the possibility of like an Isaiah Wong getting hot in the ACC tournament, kind of like he did last year. Um, so that's not terrible. But UNC, Virginia, no Wake Forest, maybe. But if I, you're I mean, not betting on Duke, I think you should bet on Virginia Tech. If yeah. you're not in the state of Virginia, you know, out of all of those, I, I think Wake Forest at ten thousand is a bit ridiculous, but. Um, I mean, Wake Forest might be the second best team. And I think what Wake Forest gives you that the other teams don't is they give you the matchup nightmare with their size. Usually we see that with Syracuse or Louisville or UNC. This year it's Wake Forest. And I I think that size gives them maybe a leg up on teams like North Carolina, Miami, Virginia, and Notre Dame. The the Hokies being at plus 50,000 is a bit ridiculous um, considering how the last couple of weeks have gone. I assume that this will change after this weekend pretty drastically. Yep. So be sure to check DraftKings Sportsbook if you're interested in making a bet on the ACC because my guess is these lines are, are going to move pretty drastically in the next two or three days even, maybe, depending on what happens on Saturday. Uh, yep, Saturday just, will be a big day for those lines for sure. I'm just looking at the ACC standings right now and... You know, most people listening are Virginia Tech fans, so we'll talk about Virginia Tech right now. They're currently sitting at seventh in the conference. Um, they are a game and a half behind UVA, and uh, there is no tiebreaker between those teams, the one and one. So, um, you know, for me, I, even if Virginia Tech wins out, I, I think they are most likely going to end up, you know, maybe fifth in the conference if things go well. Um, I just think it's going to be really hard. First off, to ask Virginia Tech to keep this one streak going. They have some tough games ahead, but we saw that line come out and then the bracket of if the season ended today. And the matchups looked very, very favorable for the Hokies. Um, So Hokies sitting in the middle of the pack of the ACC, but it might not be a terrible thing. There are some big games left to go. Uh, it's still wild to me just how down the ACC has been, though, this year. Mm. Crazy down. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard to see. I mean, it kind of reminds you of uh, the ACC football where, you know, I hate to boil it all down to coaching, but you're seeing a lot of coaches out there in the ACC that, you know, maybe it's some older guys that have been around for a while and it's kind of like, all right, maybe you're sticking around a little too long or just a lot of, lot of transition going on. Yeah. Um, and you also have, or needs I mean, to happen. Yeah. And UNC they're under a first year head coach. Exactly. Uh, yeah. You know, UVA and Florida state, two of your best programs in the conference. They're both in rebuilding years. The entire athletic department at Louisville's a dumpster fire. So oh, you're yeah. talking about some pretty big basketball programs that are, you know, not up to snuff this season. And we kind of knew that coming into the season that they were going to be a bit down. So maybe should have been a bit more expected that the ACC would be down this year. Yeah. And I mean, you've got Syracuse where Jim Bayheim is just, you know, kind of just doing this thing with him and his sons, but unfortunately his sons don't play defense and that's pretty difficult with a two, three zone. So yeah, they don't that that's Syracuse when you're bad at closing out, like you, that's, that's uh, they, going to ruin a, a zone. I mean, they have a couple guys who can shoot threes from the top of the key. Other than that, not a very impressive basketball team skills-wise. Um, they're tall, but that's, that's about it. So let's go by conference by conference and pick our champions to round this out. Then we'll talk some Final Four action. ACC, if I have to pick a tournament champion, I think it's pretty easy here to go with the Duke Blue Devils. Yeah, I'd go with Duke too. Um I will get into some of the other futures in a minute, but I think that Duke is, uh, I think they're on a collision course too. Even though it hasn't looked great recently, I think they're on a collision course to send Coach K out a very happy man. Yeah, they they might. Uh, they will be hanging some sort of banner in Cameron Indoor, that's for sure. Uh, Atlantic 10. We didn't talk mm. about the Atlantic 10. We actually no, missed we didn't. them. Let's talk about the Atlantic 10. All right. Well, Excuse me, Davidson Wildcats are your favorites at minus 210. Behind them, VCU at plus 350, Dayton at plus 380. And then there's a big jump. Uh, St. Bonaventure and St. Louis are both at plus 10,000. 
Uh, St. Bonaventure did beat St. Louis back-to-back games last week. Um, and then at plus 15,000, Richmond. And at plus 50,000, George Mason. Uh, for me, this is a team that is near and dear to my heart. My hometown team, they struggle in the A-10 tournament final for some reason. They have a <laughs> they have a tendency to get upset there. But if VCU can get hot, um, I, I think they're the, probably the most talented team in the A-10. Um, guard play with Ace Baldwin is just you know, phenomenal. So if, if VCU is able to get that really aggressive defense going, and if they're able to, you know, just kind of be in good health, be in a good rhythm, the time that tournament comes, they should win the A10 tournament. And I think plus 350, it's um, a good enough line to throw some down on. Yeah. And I, I hate to go chalky here, but honestly, there isn't a ton of great value in this conference because um, I think, I think the lines will show you pretty clearly that this is a three-horse race between VCU, Davidson, and Dayton. Um, I just don't really think St. Bonaventure or St. Louis really have the cards to to make this sort of a conference run. I mean, especially with the way St. Bonaventure has looked against um, you know non-conference opponents such as Virginia Tech. I I, I like Davidson here. I'm gonna go ahead and make this my pick. Uh, Davidson twenty and four this year, I believe. Yes, twenty and four. I, they've just kind of they've kind of dominated their way through um, through the A ten so far. They're eight and one on the road, which is really impressive. Um, yeah, I just think they're the best team. They have a really good coach. Been there a long time, fighting Steph Curry's all day. Yeah, it should be an interesting tournament final as well. It's usually a fun tournament to watch come March. So definitely keeping an eye on the A ten. Uh, I'm going to go with VCU for that one. All right, Big East. This is a, a really tough one. Chalk would say Villanova. I think I'm. I think I'm going to go Providence though. I think Prov. This is just kind of their year. It just seems like their year. They're top ten in the country. I know they just lost to Villanova, but just seems like. Just seems like the Friars' year. Mm. Yeah, I. You know, I, I laid it out earlier. I just don't buy Providence at the moment. Um, I'm really tempted to go UConn or Xavier because I think those are two really, really good teams um, that can get hot at the right time. But I think I'm just going to go Villanova. Um, I think Connor Gillespie, he's the type of point guard where he's experienced. He's just a gamer, good he's player. Experience. He's been there for a decade. I know, yeah. It's like I feel like Ryan Archie Diacono just kind of like morphed into Connor Gillespie. Um, and they've collectively been there for like 20 years, I think. Dante um, DiVincenzo and Colin Gillespie are the <laughs> same person. Changed my mind. Yes, uh, right. Yeah. I uh, I'm gonna go. I'll, ta- I'll take Nova. You're gonna go. I'm gonna go Providence. Uh, I think Ed Cooley is probably one of the best coaches of getting more with less of anybody in the country. I think Providence just has that it factor this year. I like the Friars. Um, also, great uniforms, black and silver. How can you beat it? Uh, Love Big it. Ten. Um. Jay Nivey's maybe the best player in the country. Um, certainly the most explosive. The, the guy's a human highlight reel. I hate to go chalk with this one, but I'm going to go Boilermakers. I'm going to go with an upset. I like Illinois. Kofi Coburn, I like it. I like I mean, they can't, they can't hurt you two years in a row. <laughs> no, they can't. Or can they? <laughs> they, they can't. I'll, they just definitely keep, can. I'll just stay away from them on my bracket, yeah. <laughs> uh, they, they killed my bracket last year. We will have news by the way, coming out about uh, a mar- locks of Saturday March Madness bracket. Winner yeah. gets a prize. Uh, the Irby household knows a thing or two about oh, yeah. prizes. So Jeff Irby got himself a nice prize. A nice prize. And you too could get yourself a nice prize. We'll let you know uh, details about that coming up. But yeah, I got the Boilermakers. I know it's chalk. Big 12, uh, guns up, Red Raiders. Mm, I'm going Baylor. Oh, okay. Okay, okay. Yep. Neither of us going Kansas. Nope. It's too boring. Yeah, it's Kansas is like the most boring chalk bed you can possibly make. Yeah, and then uh, for the SEC, I, I think Auburn is peaking, mm-hmm. and they might be peaking a bit too soon. I in a tournament format, I don't know if I don't know if Kentucky is a better team, but I think what Kentucky can do to you inside is really good for a tournament format. And I think they're one of the only teams in the country 
that can match up man for man with Walker Kessler. So I, I'm going to go Kentucky, mm. not just because of plus 1,200, but um, this feels like one where Kentucky wins this one and then puts a chip on Auburn's shoulder going into the NCAA tournament and they make a run. I could see both of these teams in the final four. We'll talk about that soon, but could definitely see both of these teams there. Yep. I I'm also going Kentucky really, really like them. Um, quick aside here, just looking at this, you know, the importance of coaching, you see like the sec and you see the teams that have become really good in the sec and the ones that still stink. The clear difference is coaching. I mean, the fact that we have Bruce Pearl, uh, Rick Barnes, John Calipari, Eric Musselman, Nate Oates, and Will Wade as like your six favorites right here. A lot of great coaching in the SEC. So as we start to look towards what's going to happen in, in the NCAA tournament, keep an eye on those SEC teams because they are so well coached. They are. The SEC currently has three of the top 10 teams in net. Uh, they have Kentucky at three, Tennessee at nine, and Auburn, Auburn is at seven. So a really impressive conference this season. All right, let's move on to the final four. Well, wait, Pac-12. We got to do oh, Pac-12. Gosh, I am missing stuff all over the it's place. All right, it's I, all right. My apologies, Pac-12. Um, yeah, this is pretty easy, Arizona. Okay, I'm going UCLA. I like UCLA. I think they're the best value bet, but they haven't shown the same X factor as they mm. did. I think in a one-game scenario, I do like Arizona if they make it. I think UCLA might have a better chance to make a run in the NCAA tournament than they do in the Pac-12. I think they might need a little bit of get up and go, but um, I'm going to go with Arizona. I wouldn't I respect bet it. Arizona, but I would pick them to win it straight up. Yeah, no, please. If you're betting Arizona plus, or minus 2,500, like – Please just give me your money. Yeah, you might as well because you're not going to get anything back. Regardless. <laughs> yeah, no. All right, so are we good to go final four now? We are great. We are good to go final four now. This is an interesting... I'm just going to start it off with this question to you, Robert. Mm -hmm. Yes or no, is Gonzaga for real? Uh, it depends on what you define for real as is for real. Are they, does, should they be the right now? They are at minus one Oh five to make the final four. Yeah. I mean, I, I, that makes sense. Like Gonzaga is a final four team. You can kind of look back at their history. They've done that a few times. It's can they, can they actually climb over the top and beat a, you know, top tier program in the national championship? If for real means, will they make the final four? Yeah, I like Gonzaga. If it means they'll win the national championship, I don't. Because I felt like last year's team with Gonzaga, honestly, I feel like last year's team was better than this one. I know this one has Chet Holmgren and, you know, it's a big story. They still have Drew Timmy, but I feel like last year's was better assembled um, in order yeah, to I, make that national championship run and they couldn't do it. They got hammered in the championship. Yeah. I mean, but how much of that is just they had a bad game against a really good Baylor team? Um, sure. You know, like that could have happened. I look, I, I think if you're betting a team and you're not getting plus odds for them to make the final four, not worth that's it. a tough, that's a tough sell for me, even if it's this Gonzaga team. Um that's that's a tough sell for me. Um yeah, I mean, you'd be better off yeah, I, like those odds, that's like the same as betting like the over-under on a basketball game. Like you'd be better off doing that. It's literally a coin flip. That. The coin yeah. flip odds are minus 105. You're I, I I don't think you're getting the value that you should get for picking a final four team with Gonzaga. Um, so right behind them are Arizona at plus two hundred, Purdue at plus two twenty, Kentucky at plus two twenty, Auburn at plus two twenty, and Duke at plus two forty. Out of those five teams that I just listed, Arizona, Purdue, Kentucky, Auburn, and Duke, who do you like the most? Um, Duke. I know that the odds aren't great considering what their record is and probably where their seed will end up being mm -hmm. um, because right now they're teetering on that two to three seed line. Yep. Um, I am just all in on Duke this year, though, and I do. They are the team that I am most confident in making the Final Four. Just generally, I I like that. 
Um, for me, I think Kentucky out of those guys mm-hmm. is the best one to make it. Um, just with if they're healthy, I think they could be the national title, the best national title team. It's asking a lot of them to be healthy throughout the entire SEC tournament and NCAA tournament, but I like them. And then if we're looking at kind of the medium odds teams, uh, we have Baylor and Kansas at plus 300, UCLA, Villanova at plus 400, and then we get to Illinois, Houston, Ohio State, Texas. I, I really, I'm going to be honest, I, I do think there's probably a group of only 10 or 12 teams that I feel have Final Four run in them this year. Usually we expect a team to come from the, you know, maybe six or seven seed and make a run. Mm-hmm. Um, this year, I, I I just don't see that as much. I'll tell you a team that I really like, though, coming out of the mid-majors is Houston. They're plus 550. Uh, I think Houston is maybe plays more like a well-drilled and well-coached NBA team uh, than any of these college teams. They're really good defensively. They still have that tenacity but they're really good on the offensive boards. They have shot makers that can not only make shots from the perimeter, but they can make mid-range jumpers at an NBA level. I like Houston at plus 550 to make a Final Four mm-hmm. run. Yeah, back-to-back Final Fours for Kelvin Sampson would be pretty wild, wouldn't it? Yeah, but, um, it, I mean, they've they've been recruiting like it. They've been playing like sure. it. I mean, this has been they, five or six yeah. years of Houston being a really darn good basketball team. Oh, yeah, they would they would earn it, no doubt. Um. Yeah, I mean, I think of the teams that you listed, um, and I'm going to, well, I'm going to throw Tennessee in here at plus 600. I know that I didn't maybe give them as much hype when it came to the SEC tournament. Um, That's just because I just, I don't know, when it came to a head-to-head versus Auburn or Kentucky, I just didn't like them in that scenario. But I feel like if Tennessee can get a good draw, um, again, they're well-coached. Rick Barnes is a phenomenal coach. They have so many shooters um, and really what takes you far in March these days is good guard play and Tennessee absolutely has that. So at plus 600, even though that's their same odds as to win the sec championship, making the final four as crazy as it may sound feels actually more likely to me for them than winning the sec. But if we're talking mid majors though, cause I just thought about this. Oh, cause I have uh, two wild horses. Yeah. So, okay. Uh, you know what? Why don't you, why don't you go for yours? Okay. And I'm trying to find one of them on DraftKings. I, I'm scrolling here. I'm going to have to control <laughs> think, F this. I think, oh no. Um, there's a few different mid-majors here oh, at plus 2,500. Um, but the one I really, really love is Murray State. Um, not it. That's not it. That's not That's it. not the one? That's not the one. But go on, go on. Murray State has been dominant all year. Um, they've finally played their way into the top 25. They kind of remind me of um, kind of like Loyola Chicago where I'm trying to remember if it was the year they made the final four or the year after where they also made a nice run. Um, but in one of those years, they entered the tournament in the top 25 in the AP poll. I think it was the, the final four run. Yes. Season. And yeah, they were an 11 Miami seed in the first round. Yes, they were an 11 seed, but we're in the top 25 in the AP poll. And I feel like Murray State might be in that same kind of situation. Maybe they end up as like a 9 or a 10 seed, but they are clearly, clearly a very, very good basketball team. They're number 24 in the net right now. Um, that is a team that I would, I would love to see go on a run, make the final four. And similarly in that light, St. Mary's, uh, Known now as basically Gonzaga's little brother, but that's putting him mildly. Yeah, coming out of the WCC version of that. Yeah, right. They are number twenty-two in the net, and they are also plus twenty-five hundred odds. So I think either of those teams, um, I think you're getting really good value on a couple. If you're looking for one mid-major to make a Final Four run, I think it's those two. No, if I'm going to have two long shots to make a Final Four run, and there's a couple like. Um, well, obviously I'm going to give you three, but there's, there's a couple out there. Like, you know, I, I think you could see something out of a team like, you know, I don't know, Wisconsin, a a team like UConn teams that have done that before 
We know they're well coached. We know what they have to do. Ohio State is another team that I think people are sleeping on. Ohio State's Mm -hmm. 17th in net. Uh, Ohio State, uh, they they haven't really gotten it done too much at at the high level of games. They've dropped some, but I think they're a really good team. Three teams out of the same mid-major conference that I think are ones that you need to watch when it comes to March. Robert, what conference do you think I'm talking about? I knew this was coming. I knew this was coming. You and the Mountain West. Giddy up. I'll meet you at the peak. Because the Mountain West has three teams that I love in March. Let's start it off with the Wyoming Cowboys. Highest elevation in college basketball. Love it. Plus 2,500 to make the final four. The Cowboys are playing phenomenal basketball. They're 10 and 0 at home. They have been just lights out. I really like this team. They have a winning record on neutral courts at two and one. They have a winning record against quad one teams. And then they're five and one against quad two teams. I really like Wyoming. They have size. They have guard depth. I like them. But above them in the net ranking at 26th in the net ranking is Colorado State. This is a really impressive team that has been playing well all season. They were ranked in the top 25. They had a bit of a lull, but they're playing really well. Colorado State 19 and three on the season. Uh, impressive thing about Colorado State two and two in quad one, seven and zero in quad two games. These are teams that they're beating good teams. They're beating very efficient, highly rated teams like the Rams as well. And the third. Mountain West team is maybe the surprise team out of the Mountain West, a team that at one point won 13 straight games this season. The Boise State Broncos, they are ranked 35th in net ranking. Uh, They haven't been as impressive in the quad two, but in quad one games, the Broncos are four and two. I like the Broncos. They are also three and one in neutral site games tournaments are neutral site games that'll come important a team that's three and one in neutral site i like that i'm telling you what colorado state at plus 3500 wyoming at plus 2500 and i can't even find boise state on here right now they're also plus 2500 plus 2500 yep bet them all Adam all yeah, I mean, the mid-majors are all just chilling here in plus 2,500. Like, surely one of these has to hit, right? Yeah, and these are not scrub teams. I mean, these are teams that have no. cracked the top 25 this year. These are teams that have played well in non-conference. They've played well in neutral sites. If there is a conference to watch come March, the Mountain West is that conference. I think the Mountain yeah. West is kind of replacing, um, you know, what we usually think of like the A-10 is, where they have, you know, not one, not two, but three or four really good teams. I think that's where the Mountain West is this year. Yeah, because even San Diego State is here at plus 3,500. And granted, they're a bit more of a bubble team, but you know they're not bad either. UNLV as well, they could make a run in the uh, Mountain West tournament to make some noise. I think they're more of an NIT team, but uh, they're certainly a very talented ball club in Vegas as well. All right, national champion time because really this is Let's where the real it. coin is if you're going to bet it at this point. I... I Gonzaga, the favorites at plus 400. Is it worth it taking Gonzaga at plus 400? I just don't think it is. After last year, after being so gung-ho that this was their year, because I I loved what they brought to the table, and I thought they were going to you know, go undefeated, finally do it, and for them to lay such a massive egg in the championship. I am under the the belief that I will not pick Gonzaga to win the national championship until they do. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like when Virginia tech was beating UVA every year in football, you can't pick UVA to beat Virginia tech until it happens. Obviously it's happened, but unless Gonzaga can do that, I wouldn't touch it. You know, I think the one that really, I've talked about Kentucky, Kentucky's at plus 900 really like that as well. Auburn is at plus 1000 and to get a team that's been kind of number one all year at plus 1,000 for the national title, I, I like that as well. And if you're also looking at comparing making the final four odds versus winning it, Kentucky and Auburn are both at uh, plus 220 to make the final four. To win it, they're at plus 1,000. So you're basically adding plus 780 
for just winning two more games. So if you think these teams are going to make the final four, it might help you out to bet them to win the national title too, because they don't got to do too much more. Isn't that odd that the odds makers would basically say like, it's more likely for Kentucky to make the final four and win the national championship than Auburn to make the final four and win the national championship when the sec championship odds are completely flipped on that. Like Auburn's minus a thousand to win the sec. You know, it's well, you, you said it with Gonzaga. You're not going to pick it until they do it. Who's the program yeah. that's done it? Kentucky. Right. Um, so I think that's Calipari, part of it as well. It's right. Calipari. He's a guy who's been there in March. He's done it. Same with Tom Izzo. I mean, we're looking at Michigan State is plus a thousand to make the final four. You know, Michigan State, you know, they're they're not classic Michigan State right now. Um, and a plus a th- only plus a thousand to make the final four. Um that's it's a little bit crazy. So yeah. If I'm having to pick one team to kind of stake my claim on, if I'm going with value, I'm going with the three of Kentucky, Auburn, and Purdue. If I'm going for team I think is going to do it, I gotta go Kentucky. I gotta go Kentucky out of these teams. Right right now, I think that their ceiling is national title. And I'm not totally convinced out of everybody else. I think Auburn would be the other team. But again, I think pick your poison with Auburn and Kentucky. Yeah, I think uh, I've mentioned them a couple times already, but I think it's Duke. Um, Duke at plus 1,300. I think it's good odds. Um, And I think what, well, number one with it being, you know, the Coach K farewell tour, I mean, how fitting would it be for the best coach of all time to walk out as a national champion? I'm sure, you know, the refs will help make that happen. Um, but I think what what has always set this Duke team apart for me uh, that I really, that makes me actually want to gravitate towards them is in the one and done era. You know, we've basically had these two teams that have just dominated the one and done era in the sense of getting these recruits. And that's Kentucky and that's Duke. And each of them in the one and done era only has one national championship. Um, you could, it's Kentucky. It was, I don't know if it was 2012, 2013. I think it was 2012, like with Anthony Davis. I mean, Kentucky had right. an NBA all-star team like three yes. years in a row. Yes. And only got one of them. And then Dukes was, I believe 2015. No, I believe it would be um, actually 2016. 2016. Yes. 2016. Yeah. But what, what set those two teams apart, I think from the rest of the one and done era is you look at that team from Kentucky that had Anthony Davis. They also had the Harrison twins. Um, they had, it was, you had your one and dones, but you also had strong veteran leadership. Um, and then if you look at that Duke team a few years later, you had Jaleel Okafor and uh, Tyus Jones and Grayson Allen were the great freshmen, but you also had uh, Quinn Cook and guys like that that were real leaders that could kind of keep the freshmen from being freshmen, if that makes sense. Like that was always the downfall of, you know, the Zion, RJ Barrett, Cam Reddish team. Yeah. And it was, it was 2015. It was 2015 was the national title. 2016 was RJ Barrett and and all all those. Gotcha. Yes. And so they were, they were freshmen. They were 18 year olds and they just didn't mesh well together when the going got tough. But what Duke has is, Yes, they have Paolo Banchero, they have Trevor Keels, but they also have Roach, they have Mark Williams, and most importantly, they have Wendell Moore. Yeah, Wendell Moore has been the most consistent player on that team. He's a junior. He's a guy who's had a pretty disappointing career for the first two years, but has finally started to live up to his five-star potential, and he's a junior. He is a veteran, and I see that sort of leadership to where – Duke, instead of starting five freshmen, they're starting two freshmen, two sophomores and a junior. And those two freshmen are really good, but so are the sophomores and the junior. And, you know, add that on to Coach K, I think that's a recipe for them to win the national championship. However, I think another good value here um, is Villanova plus 2,500. Yep. And you, you can't go wrong with Jay Wright. And you can't go wrong with Connor Gillespie. Um, I, I do think that Connor Gillespie's injury last year, um, was kind of a travesty because I really feel like that Villanova team was good enough to win the whole thing. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, and I I agree with Duke. I I think they are they have all the pieces. I agree with Villanova and Colin Gillespie. Like I think they they have the experience too. Um, we'll see. I mean, this is this is March Madness. Nothing we say on this podcast will probably come true. Yeah, and it's thing. wide open this year. It is absolutely I agree, wide, it's open wide open this year, and I love it. Because last prepared, year, it, it felt pretty chalky for it to be Gonzaga and Baylor. And preparing for this happened. podcast was difficult because yeah. I, I really, I mean, there's that Kentucky and Auburn is a toss-up to me. It's a complete toss-up. Um, so, But really exciting stuff. Are there any games real quick this weekend that you like? And then we can finish up, finish up talking about the Hokies. Um, I do really like Illinois going on the road and playing um, Michigan State. As I mentioned before, Michigan State's lost three of their last four. They are at home. Um, and though the line hasn't been set on this yet, um, I it feels like because Illinois is on the road, it will be a favorable line. Um, so it, the spread will probably be pretty small. I like Illinois to cover that spread. Um, and then Kentucky is also hosting Alabama. I don't know what the line's going to be on that. I know Alabama, you know, they've kind of picked up some steam lately, but you don't, you don't walk into Rupp Arena and win a game. You just don't. Um, Not something that people do often. No, Kentucky's fifteen and zero at home this year. I don't know what the line is going to be on that, but again, whatever it is, take Kentucky because that one could get ugly quick. If if this publishes in time, Friday night is Richmond at VCU. The Rams are two and a half point favorites. They already beat Richmond um, at the Robbins Center at University of Richmond earlier this year. I think they're playing well. Seagull Center is a tough place to play. I like VCU minus two and a half in that one. And then let's talk about the Hokies in Carolina. Um, biggest game of the year so far for the Hokies? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, no this way is, to put it. Yeah. I, I've been doing a lot of, I've been getting in the weeds on tournament resume stuff. And I'm not sold that this is a must win for Virginia Tech. I I really I am not. I, I think the only thing holding Virginia Tech back right now is their 0-5 in quad one as of today on the on the 17th. That's holding them back. But also I think it's just the number of wins. I, I mean, if Virginia Tech gets to 20 plus wins and they finish in the top, you know, five, six of the ACC. And they win a couple games in the tournament, which they should. They should get favorable matchups. The bottom of the ACC is really bad. Tech will make it. Like, don't overthink it. The, the committee won't overthink it. You don't overthink it. I think the ACC is going to get five teams in. Um, and I think at the moment, if Virginia Tech does what they should do to end the season, they'll be playing so well coming into the tournament. The efficiencies will be there. The metrics will be there. Again, the tournament uh, resume, the tournament committee uses not only the NCAA's net rankings, but they also use Ken Palm rankings, Jeff Sagarin, and also the ESPN BPI. And the ESPN BPI has the Hokies as high as 21st in the country right now. So I think all the Hokies have to do is take care of business. Uh, I'm not sure what the line will be. My guess is Tech will probably be favored by like three and a half or something like that. I was going to say two and a half. I'm not sure you take the Hokies in that one. UNC is just a tough matchup for Keve Aluman. I mean, Armando Baycott's one of the best players in the ACC, and it's just a tough matchup. He he owns real estate in Keve Aluma's head. That's yep. that's pretty true. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's a tough matchup. If Tech can win that game, I think you can book their trip to the NCAA tournament, to be quite honest with you. Wow. Well, I mean, they after this, they have Georgia Tech and Louisville, who are Clemson. both dumpster fires. Clemson is bad. Clemson... Clemson is going to fire their coach. They really Dude. should fire their coach. It's yeah. pathetic. And then um and Miami, Miami is the only on tough. the road. That's a tough one, but again, I think the Hokies are a better team than Miami. See, so. I think I think to your point about Miami's biggest the more game. Important. Yep. That's what I was about to say. Miami is the biggest game of the year because that is our really that is Tech's one shot at a Q1 win. And if if you beat UNC, that's awesome. That's probably just going to be a really exciting win, but at the end of the day, you can lose to UNC and still recover. Um, whereas with Miami, I don't know if you can lose that game and make the tournament without a quadrant one win. Miami plays 
the Virginia Cavaliers at home on Saturday. The Hokies are rooting for Miami in that one. Well, we would have been anyway, but, you know, because boo UVA. That's true. I don't know. There's there's some tech fans who have a massive hatred for Miami, a deep-rooted hatred. Yeah. I don't know if that if that manifests itself in basketball as much, but it, it is fun watching them lose too, I suppose. It it is. That'll that'll be a fun game. Um wrapping this up, if I had to tell if I gave you let's call it plus four hundred odds, right? Uh plus three fifty. Plus three fifty odds right now. Virginia Tech makes the tournament, yes or no. Yes. You're taking plus three fifty? Yes. Can I explain why? No, we're going to end the podcast right now. Oh, darn it. Okay. No, but that's explain why. <laughs> well, I've, I've been looking at, you know, because I've been in the weeds as well. Maybe not as deep as Sam is, but I've been in the weeds. And what I've really been looking at is the teams that Virginia Tech is going up against. And if you look at the net rankings right now, again, Virginia Tech right now in Joe Lenardi's bracketology is the third team in the next four out. So that would be team 75. Um you know, so if you eliminate the uh, auto bids from the lower conferences, you know, the long woods of the world, um, you have your last four buys, last four in, first four out, next four out. Virginia Tech is higher in the net rankings than every single one, every single team in each of those categories, except for one, that's San Francisco in the last four buys. So Virginia Tech is higher in the net ranking than three of the last four buys, all four of the last four in, all four of the last four or first four out, and all three of the other teams in the next four out. That means that Virginia Tech is just a better, or it should mean that Virginia Tech is a better basketball team than all of those teams. And ultimately, I don't know how exactly it's going to happen, but that has to manifest itself. Like the mean has to, they have to regress to the mean, if that makes sense. And those, you know, those met those efficiency metrics, they're really a measurement of how good should your team be versus how good your team actually is. And I think that's part of the reason why they use that is because they want the best teams in March Madness. They want the best teams going forward in March Madness. So with Virginia Tech, really what's holding them back on the resume right now, I think, is the the buzzer beetle loss versus Miami and Yes, it was on a buzzer beater, but it was a game Tech probably should have won by eight or nine points. And the Boston College loss. Yep. Um, I, I think I don't think anybody's going to hold a, a Xavier loss at the end of the game on a neutral court against them. I think it's really Boston College and Miami. And if Virginia Tech can avoid another Boston College and they get a win against either UNC or Miami, I think preferably if you had to pick one, I would pick at Miami, to be honest with you. Because that Miami is a surefire Q one at this point. Yep. Um I gotta pick I gotta pick at Miami and I think tech gets in with that. So I would take it plus three fifty. Um yeah, it'll be, close, just, it'll be close. It's just given the current, I don't know, just the current trajectory, it just feels to me like the schedule sets itself up well enough to where Virginia Tech, and again, with those other teams I listed, Virginia Tech. The rankings say that they should be better than those teams. And I think the schedule sets up to where, you know, as you mentioned, there's some not great teams left on the schedule. You have your two big games, but the other three aren't great. So worst case, you probably go three and two. I don't think that's enough, but that is the maybe less likely scenario. And then could be set up well for a somewhat deep ACC tournament run um, because the ACC is very I don't even know if I'd call Mid. it top heavy, more like bottom week, I guess. Yeah. Um, and or bottom light. And so, yeah, I, I think that if you gave me plus 350 odds on that, I'd definitely take it because I feel like that's the most likely scenario. Well, we'll hope for the best. We'll find out this weekend if the Hokies can take a huge step into getting into March Madness. Thanks so much for joining, Robert. As always, can you finish us off? Go Hokies.
it under every warning they ignite Bright Isabella, I'm thinking it through Everything I gotta do Burdens on the very lines That they drew to make it right 